Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so glad you're here today with us because we have a trailblazing entrepreneur, Angela Gentle. Angela is a social disruptor, entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, and badass unicorn. She is the founder of Sweat Remix Movement Community, helping trailblazing millennials shed limiting beliefs and bust out of the status quo to claim a life they love. She helps people free themselves from should and claim their truth through movement, embodiment practices, and neuro-linguistic programming, remixing them with her signature Zen Rage Heal method. With an undergraduate degree in English from Fairfield University and a graduate degree in educational leadership from Western Governs University, she traded in a decade-long teaching career to launch a community and her new endeavor to go be epic podcast, helping folks transform their body, mindset, and life. Thank you so much for being here today, Angela. It is such a pleasure to have you. And I would love for you to just dive into your journey, how you got here today, and then we'll go a little bit deeper. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's such a great honor to connect and, and, and share and chat. Like I said, I wish these conversations were happening eight years ago when I took my entrepreneurial leap because it has not been easy, you know, and I think anybody in their entrepreneurial journey is going to be like, no, it is not. So how I got started is not, um, and like a linear path. Um, I was, I was actually a public school teacher in Boston teaching high school and I was so burnt out and I knew that that wasn't it. I knew that like teaching, well, I like, I liked parts of it, but the system as a whole, I was like, I can't do this. I got to get out of here. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So when I, I was like, I'll go back to grad school. So I thought like that was what was going to fix how burnt out I was, you know, super logical, right? <laughs> yeah. Let me just go do more work. So I think, I think maybe like three months into my grad program to be a principal, I was like, oh, hell no, this isn't, this isn't it. So I stuck it out because I already paid for it. So I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And I, it came time to write my, my thesis. And I was like, if I have to take on more data aggregation of like test scores, I, that's it. I'm going to end it. I can't, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what do I want to do? I was like, yo, I just want to work out. That's all I want. And I'm like, I'm going to turn that into my thesis. So I created, so my thesis is all about creating a wellness program for teachers and how that would impact, like keeping teachers well would impact both climate and culture of the school and also student learning. It was a brilliant thesis, by the way, but it was like super like self-indulgent too. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and I was like running this whole program, you know, whatever, collecting my data, my information, we're working out like twice a week. And then I was like, okay, great. Everything's done. We got the program. I got the information. See you guys later. And the teachers were like, well, wait a second. We really love doing this. And I was like, "Mm, will you guys pay me? (laughs) And they said, yeah. So I said, say less. (laughs) And I started running like an illegal fitness program outside of like in my classroom, like in the, in the Boston public schools. And it was just like, shut the door, move the desk. We're working out. Um, but it wasn't like a fitness class. It was like a mindful fitness class because, yo, anybody who knows anything that's going on with teachers, this this job is rough. It's so rough. And even post COVID, I'm like, I don't know how y'all do this. So it was very mindful. It allowed space for like breathing and like, okay, let it all go. This is your time. Not about your students It's about you like filling up your own cup. So there was this like mindfulness practice. And then there was this rage. <laughs> it was this like, like just hardcore fitness. You're strong. You can do this, take care of yourself. And we would always close down class with like a guided meditation. So you could fill back up, leave class knowing that you are like worthy. Yeah. So that's like how that concept was sort of created mm-hmm. of, of how I was like, I think I'm onto something here. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was what it was going to be. It wasn't sweat remix. It wasn't my business yet. It was just this thing. 
So then I started like reaching out to other schools and I was getting contracted at other schools to like teach this fitness class that I was doing. Didn't have a name for it. Didn't know what the hell it was. I was just like, people are paying me for my magic. And I was like, this is amazing. And then um, I had a really tragic life event happen and my father died suddenly of an aneurysm in 2015. And that was the catalyst. That was the thing that really like divided my life into two. There's like a before death and after death. And I just, it wrecked me, man. It was the most gut-wrenching personal development journeys navigating through grief that I've ever taken in my life. And after that, like I came back from my bereavement leave and I just remember sitting in my classroom being like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Cause it, it allowed me to have a conversation with myself of like, yo, this is it. Life can just freaking end. It can just end. Yeah. Am I going to spend one more second of my life doing something that I don't want to do? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. So I, I like started wearing this, like I was wearing like sweatpants and like, <laughs> like t-shirts to work. I was like, yeah, Miss G's checked out. She's done. And yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to run with this. And I quit. And I think the natural step was to continue to work with teachers because that was like where I felt the most comfortable. That was like my whole world for almost 15 years. I knew everything there. That was where all my connection was. I knew the lingo. I knew all of it. And it's where I felt I could be the most help. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly realized like that was a pigeonholing, very super niche um, market that also... Um, like I felt trapped. I was like, I want to move away from this. I want to be bigger. So I worked with a branding consultant and a team and we like created like the, the backbone and the whole ethos behind what it was that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And Sweat Remix was born officially in 2018. So yeah, so that's how I got from teacher to like unicorn entrepreneur <laughs> that was the, the long and short of the journey. I love it. And, you know, it's just so interesting too, because I think a lot of times, especially when we start businesses, we really niche down and then everyone's like, no, well, you're broad, but then you're too niched. And then such a mix too of like remix, you know, um, <laughs> of all of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, I think with that, you kind of stick with what feels comfortable yeah. You know, and I think that's the, that's always the lesson is to do mm-hmm. where you feel, what you feel called to do and what feels right for you. Because yeah, you could look at like, well, it would be better over here, but if that's not where your heart and where your vision is for your brand, then don't do it. Because the second that you, you know, dishonor your own, your own values and your own vision for your business is when that thing starts to derail big oh. time. Yeah. So spot on. And I feel like you're speaking to a lot of people, me seven years ago, but also (laughs) I think too, it's just that realization you go into something because you're good at it, but it doesn't feel aligned. That can really be pigeonhole yourself of, okay, well, this is what I'm good at, but it doesn't light you up. And that shows through in a lot of ways, maybe not super um, big and bold, but it's more subtle sometimes too. And you start to feel it and you can hit burnout in different capacities. And I know you had hit burnout, but I'm curious, what was that pivotal moment in your journey as a social disruptor and entrepreneur that led you to create Sweat Remix Movement Community? So yeah, I think when I was like, I Okay. Let me just say this, where you are in your life and your own reckoning and journey with your own personal development, Mm -hmm. your business is a reflection of that. I don't, I will die on that hill, you know, Mm -hmm. because you can only do and meet anyone or anything as deeply as you've met yourself. And I think the more that you're willing to meet yourself and love yourself and honor yourself, it's like a spectrum. Then you can go and, and dive deeper, you can catapult forward a little bit more, but if you're not sure about yourself, then you are staying in some really rigid parameters. So I think where I was, when I started this, I was still grieving. I was still grieving. I was still trying to figure out who I was without my dad, who I, who I am without half of my DNA. Who am I now with this gaping hole of sadness in my life that I need to now learn how to carry? How do I still find joy 
and laugh again when this happened. Do you know what I mean? So I was still in the beginning, I was still learning just how to do that. And I think, you know, that, and then going through a pandemic, um, (laughs) you know, kind of losing, I lost a lot financially too. I think anybody in the wellness or fitness industry or any sort of entrepreneur had to make a huge pivot and like evolution around the sun to figure out how they were going to make this work now. Because if I, I don't, I would rather you asked me March 12th of 2020 before Boston went on like lockdown, Angela, you're going to have a virtual business, please. No, I'm not. I would never. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then out of necessity, your girl learned how to code and she built a virtual on-demand platform that weekend. Right. <laughs> so I think in, in saying that, let me get back to my original point. I think that just the series of events that challenged me, that allowed for me to be more vulnerable and step fully into myself is when I could now step more fully into my business. And it's evolved from just a fitness class into an entire community that's about coaching and reprogramming and community because I was willing to hold that space. Now I had the capacity and the bandwidth and I now know myself a hell of a lot better than I did eight years ago. And I don't know, I don't know how old everybody is, but like, there's something real magical that happens in your forties that you're like, yeah, I, I got this. Totally got this, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I believe it. I'm, I'm not there quite yet, but I know I I've experienced a lot Great. too. And I think yeah. a lot of people have, and I think it's really, there's so much key aspects of what you said right there about knowing yourself and where you're at and how that business can evolve or shift or morph into what it's supposed to be and having the capacity to do that. And it's just a testament too of being really creative and scrappy in the moment of COVID happening and then having Mm -hmm. to become a virtual business overnight. But you were able to do that and it really shifted. And I know a lot of people experience limiting beliefs or what they can have the capacity to have. But in your experience, what are some of the common limiting beliefs that hold people back from claiming a life they love? And how do you overcome these beliefs and work through them with your work that you do? I mean, I'll try to keep this brief because I don't want to take up the whole podcast on this. But I mean, I, I think, I mean, that's a really loaded question. But I think when we continue to peel back layers here, about the human experience, right? And, you know, we were raised culturally, anthropologically as millennials in the 30s and the 40s, I'm assuming that's where a lot of your, the people are, yeah. By people, we were raised by people who lacked just culturally like this emotional intelligence to honor like what we feel. It was like a very toxic, suck it up, you got this. Don't cry. You know, don't. And then I think also on the other side of that, it's like, don't cry and yet be quiet. (laughs) Don't bother anybody. You know, I, so I think as, as my experience as a woman, I learned to shrink myself. I learned that I was too much, that I had to tone it down. And, and I, I learned to dishonor my needs really quickly. So I think some of the, the, limiting beliefs around that are like, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I can't because we've learned to just distrust our own like calling, like our own heart trying to guide us somewhere. We've, we've dishonored that because we've been taught not to make a mess. Don't be loud. You know, even in school, we're conditioned to like sit still face the front. Don't Mm -hmm. fidget. Don't talk. You know, I was the worst. I was the worst. (laughs) That's why you became a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> you understood. I, I did. And I was, I was like such a horrible employee, but a really good teacher. Like a really good teacher. <laughs> horrible, horrible employee. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of that, like, I'm not enough. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't deserve this. I shouldn't. That's a big one. Like I shouldn't. And I think a lot of those beliefs are not necessarily ours. And I think if they're coming up, they're actually coming up for like freedom for Mm -hmm. us to let go of them because the world is calling us, especially as entrepreneurs to step into something more powerful. Like there is this, this shit is not for everybody. This shit is not for everybody. And if you are called to it, 
yo, that's like, this is magical and it's powerful to know that you have this big vision that you are meant to step into. So if that's like, if you're stepping back and you're sort of recoiling, like sit with it and question where that came from. Where did that, where did that voice come from? Where did that limiting belief come from? Because there is something that you have to let go of so that you can make space for your bigness and your vision. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm just like feeling all of that. <laughs> I think it's so spot on. And I know so many people that struggle with that concept of dimming their light and not showing up as their authentic self. And that was me. And sometimes I even get trapped in that for like a second. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. (laughs) And it's the thoughts that I tell myself, but reframing that, reprogramming that. And I think a lot of times when we have those limiting beliefs, it's been conditioned from a very early age, whether it's directly or indirectly, whether Mm -hmm. it's family, something we hear, how it triggers us because the psyche is so untapped yet. I think there's so much more that we don't know yet. And we're learning about the human mind and how we interact, but how certain things can really trigger a thought. And we hold on to that versus letting it go and realizing it's not a part of it. Right. Because we, we are great storytellers. (laughs) We are great storytellers. And oftentimes these stories are, are stories we started telling with very limited emotional intelligence and capacity because we were children. So we're operating this like default operating system is that of a child's point of view. And it's not shade. I'm not, not being angry about it. It's no judgment, but it's just the reality of like where these limiting beliefs came from and op factory settings. Is that what we're doing? Like we're more than that. We have the opportunity now to get out of and reprogram and rewire. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of the work that I do now in the business and in the brand is to like work with that, like neuro-linguistic reprogramming and that, that mindset work in addition to the embodiment practices of how do you feel that coming up in your body? Because now as adults, and now that we're having these conversations around consciousness, we now have new tools to be able to move out of that story and rewrite it on our terms. Yes. Yeah. And that's the hard part too, right? When we've been conditioned Mm -hmm. for so long to think a certain way and it's the emotional intelligence and letting that grow. But, you know, I really want to touch and elaborate on something you said, because I always say you shouldn't shit on people or yourself. And I want you to elaborate on the concept of should and its impact on personal growth and fulfillment and like how that approach empowers individuals. Who should, where'd that come from? You know what I mean? I think a lot of times when we're saying like, oh, I should, or I shouldn't, I, I, I can't, I ought to, who, who said, who said that that is true? You know? And I, I think when we've just digested this information around what success is, what family is, what life needs to be, what womanness is, what femininity, what masculinity, who, who the fuck said, who said that that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So if you're like, well, I'm a failure said who up against whose measurements and whose metrics Mm -hmm. you get to define what you think success is. You know, if we look at like a standard definition of success, for example, Mm -hmm. right. Is it like the house, the car, the, the six figure job, the husband, the kids and the golden retriever, right? Like, is that who said that that's success? Like, because I don't have that, am I not successful? What if I decided to throw my middle finger up at that and say, no, success is alignment. Success is getting up every day and easing into your day with some coffee and your dog and not stressing out and taking a moment of gratitude to be like, yo, this is my life. You know, what if success is being able to have dance parties whenever the hell you want? You know, so I think when we're looking at who should or that what I should, or I ought to, mm -mm. where did that come from? That's that default. That's that reprogramming that, that, that puts a roadblock in our life from us really stepping into what we want until we decide to take control of it and redefine it on our own terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I just saw this and I've seen it multiple times, but I actually was scrolling today and I think it was Instagram or TikTok, but Gary Vee always talks about, we need to redefine what success means. And it's true because just like what you said as well, success looks so different and it's what aligns with us. And it doesn't have to be, okay, the 
the house with the white picket fence and the two cars, the two and 0.5 kids and the golden retriever and everything else. But it yeah. really is what works for you. And there is no right or wrong way. It's what makes sense to you. And I think we need to reach, we're changing that conversation around it, of redefining mm-hmm. it, because I do agree with you. I agree with Gary Vee as well, of just what makes sense for us. And just yeah. even like when you were talking about the mindset, because I think that's a huge part of it. It's what has been programmed or what we see, what we think, what we feel, but what role does mindset play in achieving transformational results? And how do you help people shift their mindset through your coaching and your podcast as well? We're all, we're all energy. We're all just vibrating at a frequency, right? So certain feelings have certain frequencies and vibrations. And if you are in that, like when it feels heavy, when you're in that mindset of, I can't, it's like, like, what was it like um, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Like, oh, no. like, <laughs> like it's, it feels heavy because that energy is heavy. That vibration is really slow. It's really slow and it's dense and it like weighs you down. Right. And not in an anchoring grounding way, but in a, like a saturated, like overwrought drowning type of way. So if you're in that mindset and you're creating your energy in your body, in your vibrational field, that is low vibrational dense, it's going to attract more of the same energy of, I can't I shouldn't, I ought to, I'm never, this sucks. You're going to just, and then you're going to just be like, why is this always happening to me? Because you're doing it. You're like co-creating your own suffering. You know what I mean? So the minute that you start to say, oh, I'm stuck. Nope. What does that mean? Like, I mean, look, you can be as complacent as you want to be for as long as you want to be. And nobody's stopping you from doing that. But rather than saying things like I'm stuck, I can't, you're not, you're now limiting a solution and you're now like closing off from an opportunity for growth versus I'm really challenged by this. I'm challenged. When I, when you say that, that's, that's like a portal for solutions versus I can't, <laughs> and then I can't just like shuts that shit down and that's it. That's yeah. it. But I'm challenged is now welcoming conversations. It's welcoming solutions. And again, if we're coming back to this idea of vibrations, if you're, yo, I got this, mm-hmm. I want, I want y'all to think about a time in your life where you were having one of those days where you just like got up and you're like, Whoa, lo- love my life. And you're just enjoying your coffee. You like go for a walk, you find $20, you like close a sale, everything, like everything goes right. And if you notice there's like a, like an energy that's uplifting, like that's high vibrational energy and more of the same is going to come back to you. So you have to be able to let go of that resentment, that anger, that negativity, that heaviness, release it, let it out. I mean, that's what we, that's what I do in my business is we rage that shit out and make space for, wait a second, what is this consciousness? What is this like emotional conversation I need to have? What is this conscious awareness of like, I got this. I, this is what I want. This is what's already, it's already on my way. I'm going to meet Oprah. It's already, it's already happening. It's already on its way to me. Right. I truly believe that. And I'm putting that energy out into the world of like, Oh, never more of that's going to come back versus no, I got this. This is already a reality to me. Well, it's creating your reality, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that's the beautiful thing too, because I have those experiences as well, where I've been in like a negative state of mind, especially like winter time. That's the worst for me as I've realized here in Colorado, but it's that (laughs) mindset of, oh, it's so cold though. It's like this, it's that. And just more of that comes. Obviously I can't control mother nature, but but you can't, what? (laughs) I know it's a work in progress. (laughs) No, (laughs) but being able to understand too, when we're really focused on those positive outcomes or the energy and match that and continue to put that out there more does come back versus if you are in that negative mindset, just you're attracting Mm -hmm. more and more of that. If you really take inventory of your day to day, you could see that clearly because I've been in those negative phases and I've been in the positive and that energy, I notice when I'm doing good things and that are fulfilling to me and aligned, everything shifts. Or if I'm doing something that isn't, it just feels like what you were saying, that like dread, or it's like, I got to do it. And the energy completely shifts in a negative way when I'm focused on that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what you're saying is just why it's so important 
to build like an embodiment awareness around what's happening in your body. Because you can start to notice like where it feels tight, where it feels heavy. And then you can start to check in and be like, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is and I know how to deal with it so that you're not staying there for days, weeks, months, years. You know, you can check it and say, oh, I'm feeling out of alignment, feeling negative. I'm feeling heavy. What do I have to do to let this out? What am I like? What's happening? And you just become more in control of your body, of your emotions versus the other way around. No longer are are a victim of, of your circumstance of whatever you are controlling what you feel. So it puts you wholeheartedly in the driver's seat of your life versus like locked in the trunk somewhere yeah, <laughs> of your own yeah. car, of your own car. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It, it, I love that example. And, you know, part of that too, is that rewiring and just really being observant of how things feel, because even like I used to be in the burnout cycle. Now I'm able to catch it before it becomes burnout instead of just knowing the signs exactly. and going, okay, I need to do A, B, C, and D. And I know that's going to help the situation. And I would love for you to just share a success story from someone who has gone through your program and has experienced positive change in their body, their mindset, and their life. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm trying to think as I mean, there's so many, um, I'm going to say her name. Yeah. Her name's Bridget. And Bridget started taking classes with me during the pandemic because she was like, I'm so stressed. She was a teacher and she's like Zoom schooling it with her own kids, like running around the house. And she's like, I'm going to lose my mind. I can't do this. So sweat remix in the, the movement and the connection with the self was just a way for her to release that. So she could come back into her body and gain control of some of that like anxiety, anger, rage (laughs) was coming up from having to like be in the worst, you know, job situation ever. And from that, she decided that like, just by listening to herself, she's like, I don't want to teach anymore. And when that was coming up for her in the meditations, in the, like, what are you bringing? Like, what are you, what's coming up for you that you need to honor and you need to release? And she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it took her a little bit, um, probably like a whole school year to be like, I'm done. You know, financially, we have to take care of ourselves and make sure our family is good. But it was that listening and that confidence that she built from doing a kick-ass workout, from being challenged physically, from letting go of it. And just the more that you tell yourself, like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And you start consciously having conversations around making a plan. It makes taking action so much easier and so much more fulfilling because you've already practiced doing it with your movement and your energy. So when it ha- and it when it comes time to do it in your life, you're like, yo, I've I've done this before. I can do it here. So she has since quit teaching full time. Um, now she does like freelance writing. She works for like a nonprofit and she also does some like teacher, uh, what is it? Like student teacher consulting kind of thing. Like she works for a university and goes into like, if you're a student teacher, she'll go into the classroom and be like, let me help you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. So she kind of like pieced it together and, and during all of this too, she was also adopting a baby. Oh, wow. So it was redefining and reestablishing on her terms mm-hmm. what it meant to have a family. What did motherhood look like? What did family look like? Because there's a lot of influence around what it should, again, and shouldn't look like. And just having these conversations to be with herself of like, no, I got this. This is what I want it to look. This is my non-negotiable. And I'm building this foundation within myself through my movement, through my mindset, noticing what's coming up in my body so that I'm able to go and state this in my life. So, yeah. So we've done, we've gone from feeling trapped, stuck, burnt out, frustrated to being more in control of her life, of her schedule, of her time, and also defining family in a way that brings her joy. So, yeah. It's just one little story. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful story. But I I love too the fact that you're able to really help them internally first, because that is a deciding factor of what you take, the actions you take and the behaviors that come about when we work on the inside out 
first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And part of that is, you know, we were talking about the shoulds and societal expectations and just maybe the expectations she had for herself or just what society has. But even being as you are a trailblazing millennial, what are the challenges that you face while breaking free from societal expectations and helping others do the same? And how do you Ooh. overcome them? Ooh, yeah, that is a great question. Um, I say this all the time. When you're the only unicorn in the stable, of course you look crazy, right? Because horses will <laughs> never understand the unicorn's view. They'll never understand the way they look, the way they want to roll. Like unicorns were meant to fly, right? So when you are the only one in your circle who's thinking outside of the box, it can be lonely. It can feel othering for lack of a better word, othering. Um, yeah, isolating. And it, it can feel like you're being tested of like, <laughs> is this right? Because you don't see anybody doing it. But that's the beautiful thing is that you were called to do this thing that has yet to be done. Mm-hmm. And rather than look at that as, as a curse and something that sucks, look at it as just an opportunity that you are creating a clearing for other people like you to find you. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, other unicorns got to bust out of the stable. That's why I do what I do. And I talk and I share my, my personal life around being not married, being child-free, running a business and, and like feeling fulfilled in my life. And it's okay that this is what it looks like. And I'm in my forties. It's fine. Everything's great. It's fine. And again, I think the more that we can bust out of like what we are should, like what we should do, what we are told to do and, and create a path, we just, again, find more opportunities to meet other people who are doing the same thing. So it's not always going to be this lonely or this challenging because the more you do it, the farther you are in creating the path. Exactly. Yeah. And that's part of being a trailblazer and a unicorn. Just being able to understand (laughs) too that there is no right or wrong way. And even me being in the solar industry now, there's not as many female and I'm making my own way and my own directory of where I want to go with it. But I think that's the beautiful thing of just the more we share our stories, the more people don't feel alone and they understand that you can do it. You can have everything you want in the way you want it because there is no right or wrong way. And when you're the unicorn in the stable, it's going to look a little different than everybody else, but that's okay. You just got to fly and find your tribe. And that's why your unicorns. Like. Find your unicorns. That's it. Exactly. They all look beautiful and different. <laughs> but- yeah. And find and, and like and, and I think that's a like a very metaphorical thing, but it's about finding people who are like maybe they don't understand what it is that you do, but they support your bigness and they support your vision. And they're not like, mm, maybe you should just play it safe. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like, yes more how are you going to build your empire make it bigger you know they're they're hype they're hyping you up and they're allowing space for you to trust yourself because you truly do know what is best for you truly a hundred percent and that's the beautiful thing too because the more you spread your wings the people that are going to support you and hype you up be your hype girl or guy or non-gender <laughs> like just being able to really support you in that and know that you are great and you're meant for great things and there they are too there's room for all of us it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much space we take up as long as we're taking up that space because we deserve to be there yes. and you know that's what I love about the sweat remix movement community that you have created because Thank it you. is so safe and it is so inclusive for individuals of all different types of backgrounds to explore their personal transformation. But how do you ensure that you have that supportive space for everybody that comes into your community? Well, I think since I'm the one setting the tone, right? Like there's always clear guidelines and expectations around what we do and what we don't do. Right. And I think the messaging too, because I am honest and authentic around what I put out and what I'm calling in. I'm not everybody's vibe. That's for sure. Right. Like I piss a lot of people off just by my mere existence and you're not my people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think the more like when we're creating this space, it really is about being authentic and what it is and what it's not. 
who it's for and who it's not. And not to say that like, it's not full, I don't want to be exclusive to anybody, but there's a certain mindset. Like maybe you're just not ready. You know, if you're not ready to be challenged and you're not ready to grow and you're not ready to be vulnerable, like I said, that's cool. You can be complacent as, as long as you'd like. I'm not forcing anybody to change, right? And I'm also, you're also being aware of like everyone's growth path, path and change will look very different, but there's a, there's a switch of like, I do want, right? So I think it's just going in and being very authentic to what the brand is, what it isn't, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's a big part of it. It's being authentic to ourselves, being honest with ourselves too, because sometimes we're not ready to be challenged or go on that journey. And that's okay. There's a time and a space for all of us. It's just a matter of who's maybe a little bit further along and that's just the process. And I'm really curious because I know you have the podcast, the Go to Be Epic podcast. How did your background in teaching and educational leadership contribute to your decision to transition into entrepreneurship and start the podcast? Oof. Well, like I said in the beginning, I loved what I was doing. I loved like the concept of teaching. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the way I was doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the system. I don't like the rigidity. I didn't like the the structure of it. And when I was looking at making this pivot in this move, I was like, what am I good at? What do I want to do every day? What skills do I want to like use in my, in my life? And I think again, just getting really clear on like where my gifts are, where my magic is, what I want to do helped me to just stay focused on that and create a brand and a business around my talents and outsourcing the rest. Accounting? Girl, please. I don't do that. I don't know. That's not my jam. Right? So I, I think being able to, to nurture and teach and guide and mentor, I think that is a really incredible gift to be able to offer to somebody. And whether that is in like a public school system or doing, I just decided to do it in a different way. So I do think there are aspects of it that feel very transitional, very in alignment. And because of the like rigidity and and restrictions in public education, I've been able to take what I loved about it and make it even greater. I can reach more people. I can talk about some of the things that I feel called to talk about. I don't feel trapped, you know, and confined by like a curriculum. So it does give even more creativity and like the limit doesn't exist of what, what's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think again, the more I step into who I am and what I feel comfortable and confident about the podcast is just yet another natural progression of like, I'm really ready now to talk my shit on a whole platform, (laughs) not just, not just with my followers, like, let's make it global, you know? So I think it just, it sort of naturally progressed from there. I love that. And, you know, I think it's really a key point that you brought up about being able to use the skill sets you had as a teacher and educator and apply that into your coaching, your programs, the podcast. But I know I can relate so much to that feeling of being trapped based off Mm. of the regulations of being a therapist. It was in California and I felt like I was under a microscope and I was like, I can't do that wrong. And I'm an anxious person to begin with. I've definitely worked (laughs) on it through mindfulness and all that stuff. But, (laughs) you know, I think part of that is because I didn't want to make a mistake or it had to follow this path. And you yeah. could, there was no gray, even though psychology is so gray, you had to be in that black and white of the gray. And it's really complex. But I think even with teaching coming from a family of educators, my dad's a retired principal, my mom's a retired teacher. So I definitely hear what you're saying too, in the school system, how it, it can be really difficult to be in drawing in the lines when mm-hmm. I feel like we're designed to color outside of the lines and not have those rules, obviously to keep people safe and those things, but with the creativity piece, it can be really confining. And that's how I feel. And I know a lot of people have experienced that, that I've talked to personally of feeling so trapped in a situation, but realizing what we were talking about earlier, the yeah. mindset piece of, well, if you keep saying you're stuck, you keep feeling this way, it's going to yeah. keep happening. But realizing too, that you were able to break free and now having your voice out there too, to share that and show there's another way. It doesn't have to end like this. You can shift things if you want to, but you have to be ready for the challenge. It's hard. It's not fun. Sometimes, sometimes it is, Mm -mm. but in that growth period, it's growing pains. 
yeah, it's pretty gritty in that in-between phase. You know what I mean? And it's, I think once you open up your, like the Pandora's box of whatever is going on, it's like, you don't shut it. You just welcome in just constant change and constant vulnerability. And with vulnerability brings growth, it builds, it brings connection. It brings a lot more joy. So it's nothing to shy away from. It's actually something to run like head first into. <laughs> it's scary, but worth it. I will say. Terrifying. <laughs> Do it though. <laughs> Keeps getting at each level, but it, it's definitely worth it. And you see how far you've come as well. And yeah. just with your journey, what would you say are some of the top tips you've experienced as an entrepreneur that have been really beneficial in the lesson you've learned to help other entrepreneurs? Ooh, um, again, trust, trust yourself. I think, I think a lot, when I look back at like a lot of, um, the choices that I've made as a business owner that I've been like, that ain't it. It's because I made it from a place of inauthenticity and Mm -hmm. scarcity. It was like shiny thing syndrome. And it was like, yeah, do it. That'll solve the problem. Right. And it ended up being like a monumental disaster and like a big financial, like no, no that I've had to dig out of. So I think slow down. It's important to like, listen to what's being presented and digest it and say, wait a second, does this work for me in this moment? And do I have all the information that I need to make this decision? Ask a million questions, ask a million questions. Just don't take it as the surface face value of like, oh, I'm going to hire this person to do this thing. Uh Uh-uh, a million questions. I will ask you a million questions, Mm -hmm. right? And I think, so the more authentic you can get with like what it is that you need is number one, Mm -hmm. two, slow down so that you're not just getting real eager beaver about taking the first option because it, you know, oh yeah, that'll be great. And then you've cost yourself $25,000 to, you know, and it was like not the right choice because you like didn't vet properly. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think in that slowdown, I think is, is really important. And again, it also operating from that place of scarcity means that you're trying to make it look like something other than what it is. Allow what is to be exactly what is and go from there. Because if you're comparing it to what it should look like, or it's what it looks like for somebody else, then you're now operating from a place that's not honest to you. This is what it is. What do I do now? What feels right for me? So I think just always trusting yourself too, you know, those are powerful. And just even thinking about it as well, I think part of it is that trust factor, trust yourself, trust the process. Don't take things at face value, but truly vet individuals and ask those questions. And I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way as well, financially, personally, everything. Mm -hmm. But I think like what you're saying too, is understanding that when things don't align, Mm -hmm. that is going to show up in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. When it does feel right, things just kind of move a little smoother. And you, yeah. you feel that just like we were talking about that vibration. It's, oh, okay. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. This is good versus a halt. And it's like, oh crap, I got to change yeah. this. Yeah. Cause I'm sure there have been times, and I know this has happened for me when I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I'm like, oh, but I should. That's that. Let me tell you how that ended. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I knew it. Like, yeah. Like yeah. I knew it. I knew it was not right. But I was like operating from someone else's interpretation of quote, what I should do to have a successful business. And it fucked me. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah. I learned, but I learned from it. Mm-hmm. So I could be able to spread this message here on this podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, it's so funny. I sometimes have the opposite where I'm, I have to make the decision myself. So I'll have my fiance will say something and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And I'll kind of take it at face value. And then months later, I'm like, so I'm going to do this thing because I've heard it so many times from so many different people. And then I'm like, oh, that might be a good idea. And then mm. it feels aligned though. That's the difference. Like at that moment, it didn't yeah. feel aligned because I wasn't ready yeah. to challenge it or move forward with it. But then once I've learned a couple of lessons along the way, then I'm, I'm That's ready it. to take the action. Yeah, if, yeah, because yeah, if we didn't jump at the opportunity when it was first presented to us, it's it's because we hadn't learned the things that we needed to learn and know the things we needed to know to be able to do that successfully. So just because it's not now doesn't mean that it's not ever. 
Exactly. Yes. And you know, some people are like, no. Okay. Well, it's no for right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just no for right now. And I also think like, if I just want to say this too, like you can change your mind, mm-hmm. you can decide any given moment with anything you want. Like you're never trapped and you're never stuck. And it can just say, you know what? I know that we decided to do X, Y, and Z, but it doesn't feel right. So, um, God bless. Like I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to do yeah. it. You know, yeah. and, and that's the beautiful thing too, because it is a very undefined road. Like we define it mm-hmm. each step and we can shift when we need to and when it's necessary. And a lot of that has to do with the tools that we're using along the way too. And I'm curious, what are some of the tools and softwares or any tech that you've used to build your business that have been really influential in your process of building? Okay. I'm going to be really honest. I am an elder millennial who is super analog. Like I take notes with pen and pencil, Mm -hmm. you know, like in paper, like that's what I do. So doing a lot of this software stuff feels very uncomfortable in, in, in organic. And it's definitely something I've had to, to learn, um, or pay somebody to help me learn. Mm -hmm. Like QuickBooks is a game changer because, I think my first year of business, I like showed up to do my taxes with like a Trader Joe's bag of receipts. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I have no idea. (laughs) No clue. So things like QuickBooks has helped a lot, especially because like numbers and accounting is not my wheelhouse. Um, And I'm also tapping into AI Mm -hmm. a lot. Like I use a lot of AI software for like blog posts and podcast show notes, um, emails and stuff like that saves so much time, so much time. Because I, th- I think how I use it is I'll like at least put it into like chat GPT or whatever mm-hmm. AI software I'm using. Um, I use cast magic. Oh, that's a big one mm-hmm. for like podcasts. Um, I'll, I'll put it in there, get the template. And then you kind of have to go in and put it in your voice because it is a robot writing this. Mm-hmm. So if you want it to have some set of human style to it in your own voice, you have to go back in and just edit it. And, but it does a lot of the legwork that saves me hours, yes. hours. It's like my best one. It, I, I know. And I'm like, I'm sad that like I'm giving into the robots of the world. And I'm also like, well, it kind of, it is useful. It helps, you know, then you can it spend does. that time interviewing more people, that, being able to coach more people, changing the world one person at a yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think that's the important thing too, of entrepreneurship, like your time yeah. does have a price tag and it is currency. So if you're just constantly doling out your damn time, like you wouldn't do that with your bank account. Like, why are you doing that with your time? So think of what you can invest in to buy back some of your time. Absolutely. Well said. And so as an entrepreneur and a speaker, what message would you want to convey to fellow entrepreneurs who are seeking a more meaningful impact and create a life that they love? Do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think get quiet first. I think taking the the idea of a slingshot, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to, if you want to go far, you got to pull back, yeah. pull back and pause, mm-hmm. take a minute. And in that pause and in that slow down, get really crystal clear on your vision for yourself, what it is and what it's not, what you will and what you won't. And I think that foundational clarity is going to be incredibly strong for you to go out and do the work that you're doing because you have a talent, you have a dream, you have a goal. Mm-hmm. And without your foundation, the in, the influence and the outside noise can, can disrupt that foundation really quick until you're rock solid. So I think just pulling back and getting quiet to build that foundation is what's going to set you up for success to continue on a path that feels right and authentic to you and away from the shoulds and the ought tos and, and those limitations. So yeah, that's my, that's my piece. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your piece. And I think think it's important too, when we get quiet, when we can really listen to our intuitive side and understand what is going to be best for us, because everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to say, you should do this. You shouldn't do that, but take out the shoulds, the ought tos, like you said, but also just focus in on what feels right and what's 
going to feel yeah. right is going to make an impact in no matter what that looks like for each individual. Yeah. No one's you. No one's you except for you. No one can do you better than you can do you. No one can create this thing that you've created better than you. So like making sure that you're good, mm -hmm. you know, like you got to be good. You got to be whole. You got to be full. Your cup has to run it over so that you're creating from that overflow, you know? Yeah. No, so I, now that's I, my piece. Now that's my <laughs> mic drop. No, I, love it. I love it. I so appreciate it because it too, it's that energy that we put out there when we have a cup that's overflowing, there's so much more to give. And that's where I think there's a, yeah. a misconception of being depleted and the burnout and everything else that we've talked about today too. When we're good, mind, body, soul, spirit, every aspect of us, we can show up differently in the sense of just being us authentically whole and complete as we are. And I think that's really important, but I yeah. love this conversation today, Angela, but where can people find yeah, you? Yeah, me too. Me too. So they can find you, but let us know where we can find you. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me. Um, I'm most active on Instagram at sweat remix, but I'm also getting into the TikTok, So that's kind of fun, which is also sweat remix yeah this elder millennial is taking on a new social platform so watch out <laughs> we're here for um it. <laughs> yeah let's go um so you can get just a full idea of what i do and who i am and what this community is about um and you can also visit sweatremix.com for the full jam on the website and just come tap in come move your body come shake that shit out come get clear come belong like i have some community events that are happening called the unicorn club it's right on my website. It's in my Instagram bios. And it literally is for all the unicorns like us who are just out here trying to bust out the stable. So it's networking, it's conversation, and it's support so that you can continue to take badass action. Because if you are the only person in that stable, in your immediate circle, don't let your dream die because other people don't understand it. So the unicorn club is a place to like, talk about it, manifest it, share it. What do you need help with? Who in the community knows somebody to connect you to? How can we all like rise up together? So, um, yeah, and it's free. Just pop in, just, just meet everybody. Just come hang, come share. And when you're ready to come shake that shit out or work one-on-one -on -one with me, we can chat too. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And this is in person or online or both? No, it's all virtual. It's all virtual. And then I do, I do some pop-up um, events and stuff here and there over the summer. Um, I have some things scheduled in like the Boston area. Cause that's where I'm from, but yeah, like 98% online. <laughs> Love it. What a whirlwind from being, you know, not your favorite thing in the world technology wise and being able to do it and figuring it yeah. out. I love it. Wilma Flintstone <laughs> is super proud of herself right now. Okay. <laughs> we all are. We all are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but Angela, I, I love your energy. I love what you were able to share with us today. All the insights just showing up as your beautiful, authentic self. I know I appreciate it. I'm yeah. sure everyone listening to does as well, but thank you for coming on and just sharing everything you did today. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. And everybody reach out. I can't wait to connect with all the unicorns. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to see the community continue to thrive, but make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Angela today? I'm sure she would love to see that comment and we'll see you on the next episode.